Hi, this is Father Michael Deng from The Prodigal Father, and I'm very excited for this next episode of Praying with Priests. We have Father Tom Sabula, who is here with us. Uh, Father is actually the interim chaplain at Walsh University, and it's been a pleasure for me to get to know him because I'm now a priest in residence at Walsh University. So, Father Tom, so great to have you here with us. Well, uh, good afternoon. It's so great to be with you, Father Mike, too. I really look forward to, the, to this interview because I've actually gotten to already get to hear some of your spiritual life just through working with the students and times we've gotten to share together as brother priests, and that's been wonderful for me. So I'm really, really excited to now be able to share some of your prayer life and your, your journey of, of growing in prayer with, with those that are listening. A lot of times our, our listeners are people that are new to prayer, and they're just trying to, to figure out what that even means or how to, how to have this relationship with God. So... Anything that you can share with us, we would be certainly... Okay, looking forward to this opportunity, and it's uh, a great addition to our campus, Father Mike. This has been great, sharing our lives together as brother priests and something of our spiritual life and prayer walk. I'm excited because this is the first time we're using the Maximilian Colby podcast room here at Walsh University, so it's great to be in the studio with you, and as we prepare for this, we'll just begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. While he was still a long way off, the father caught sight of his son and was filled with compassion. He ran to him, embraced him, and kissed him. And Father, we just ask that you bless our time together now, and bless especially those who will listen to this podcast, that, that through it they may have a glimpse into this life that God so much wants to share with us, this life of prayer where he becomes real to us and he becomes personal to us as, as a father, as son, as Holy Spirit. We ask this all through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Father Sibula, what I'd like to start off in, in asking people is just to tell me about your childhood. You know, some of your first, your first memories of learning to pray or experiencing God, um, as far back as you can remember. Tell us about what, what that was like. Well, I, I grew up... Um, Father Mike, in the uh, pre-Vatican II uh, church. And so my experiences for many, many years, my formative years were colored by those experiences. And I, I must say, I think about um, a time when I was, I think, around five years old, and I, I had a lot of problems with hearing and, and uh, uh, earaches and wound up in the hospital. And when I came back, one memory of prayer was a visit by Father uh, Orlando Rich, as uh, assistant associate at St. Anthony's in Canton. Uh, he came to visit me, mm. and um, I remember him offering a prayer uh, for me, uh, for my health and recovery. And uh, in those days when you had a priest visit, that was really something. It was like God visiting you. And so there was an experience there of God in my life through wow. that priest, Father Orly Rich, God rest his soul. Uh, I think I must have been about five years old. Then. Yeah, yeah. And what, what were you feeling when he came into the room? I, I felt uh, a sense of comfort, uh, security, love. Um, wow. I had a beautiful smile. And as, as I look back in terms of the genesis of my vocation, I believe that there was a seed planted there mm -hmm. in terms of my uh, attraction to the priesthood. In those days, it was Father Rich. Wow. And um, wonderful. 
uh, assistant priest in our parish. And so there was not only in my initial embryonic experiences of prayer, but also I think um, a seed planted in terms of my vocation. That's beautiful. Later. Yeah, because ultimately as priests were called to be that presence of God. Yes, yes. Particularly yes. As, as father yeah. to people. And for you to have that experience as a five-year-old and, and not feel afraid but feel... Um, I, I'm glad you mentioned father hmm. because that's what I experienced. He, he, that sense of, of fatherly presence hmm. that came across so well deep into your soul. And in fact, I remember when he left, people just sobbing to lose Father Rich uh, because yeah. he was our father. Mm-hmm. He had such a warm heart and compassion yeah. uh, for, for all of us. And uh, certainly that's church. something that I treasure about the priesthood and, and everything that I do with the prodigal father is really about yeah. showing people to God the father's yeah. love. So yes. for you to have yes. that experience yeah. incarnationally, yes. sacramentally through yeah. a priest yeah. at five years old. Yeah, five years old. It's yes. so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it really was. I didn't appreciate it back then. It, this comes back as I look back on mm-hmm. it in terms of my own, my own faith journey and so forth. But uh, that was a significant um, moment. And oftentimes that's true. It's not until we look back that we really appreciate uh, some of the ways that God works yeah. more in our lives. So yeah. if you're listening yeah. to this and just wondering, how do I pray? Some of it could be just looking back at the memories of God working in your life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So tell me now, being back at home after that, do you, do you have any first early memories of, of praying or of going to Mass or of um, your, your family praying with you or anything? Well, um, you know, I, I grew up in the golden years of Catholic education and uh, in the uh, late 1940s and, and 50s. And certainly um, at our school, uh, praying each day, uh, led by the Good Sisters, the Humility of Mary Sisters, and Mass was uh, something we did every day. And um, I remember uh, making my first Holy Communion and Father Mike having a sense of the presence of Jesus. Um, I remember the, the good sister um, making an effort at helping us realize that it is Jesus whom we are receiving. Mm. And in my childhood imagination, I thought when I would be making my first Holy Communion, uh, Jesus would somehow appear, you know, and I would see yeah, him. Yeah. Jesus is coming. He's mm. going to be the guest of your soul, you know. And that didn't happen. Mm. That didn't happen as I received uh, our Lord. But I do remember having um, a commitment of faith. Lord, I don't see you, uh, but I believe that you are here present within me, that I have received you. And I think uh, as a seven-year-old in the second grade, I think making my first conscious act of faith in, in Jesus. Wow. Uh, I, was, I must say that it was a struggle because I was disappointed. Yeah. And I felt sad. Where right. are you, Lord? Right. But I remember within my heart making something like an act of faith. Mm. That's the, so beautiful. It, it, I, and I have been gifted with the awareness of the real presence of Jesus mm. uh, at Mass. Uh, from my earliest days. And I, and I must say, I never found the Mass boring yeah. in terms of my faith development. Maybe it was a special grace that I had that carried me 
you know, through my years. And I must say, Father Mike, I wasn't a saint. Mm -hmm. I wasn't a saint, you know. <laughs> Uh, you know, I had a lot of growing up to do. I was a jerk and, and so forth as an immature child, but had the awareness that it was, it was Jesus mm. that I'm receiving here, the real body and blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord. And I give that credit to uh, our, the sisters, um, Sister, Liz, Sister Fabian, a beautiful humility of Mary sisters, and uh, the other religious uh, that had such an influence. Uh, Would on they my have taught you to make an act of faith, or was that just something that you implicitly did? You know, I think it was something I implicitly did. So amazing. Without uh, reflection, you know. Uh, and it's been a tremendous grace that mm. I've had. And I, uh, you know, hear all these stories about uh, conversion, dramatic conversion experiences. And I, I haven't had anything near that, mm -hmm. you know, in, in terms of the way my life was now, and it's so different from the way I am now in terms of, of a dramatic conversion experience. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Mine was more incremental, but uh, it began with, with an awareness of the presence of the Lord in the Eucharist, within my soul, present sacramentally. So wonderful. I want to unpack that just a little bit because... I know it's true for me, and I would imagine it's true for some of our listeners that sometimes when we go to pray or even to the Mass or to the sacraments, we don't always experience what we were hoping for. Yeah. And that yeah. can be, like, devastating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I think as, as a child, a second grader, too, if you're really expecting to see Jesus present there, yeah. and he, obviously he was present, just not seen in the way that we think of yeah. it. Yeah. But, um, but to, be, to, to, to go to God and experience disappointment. Like I think about my first, uh, my confirmation, I didn't, I don't really remember feeling mm -hmm. anything. People mm -hmm. ask me, how do you feel? Did you feel mm -hmm. anything? Mm -hmm. And I, and I didn't, I, I'm, I'm sure I did at some level, but, um, but just, I get comfort from hearing that you were able to make an, an act of faith and say, as a, as a child, you know, I just think prayer as a child is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Father, I, I, I do believe, and I, I make this act of faith that you are present. Right, right. You know, I think as you say that, Father Mike, maybe that's helped me in, in, in situations where I have not experienced the presence of God as closely in, in different difficult times in my life, and yet accompanying that with an act of faith mm. that has sustained me through a lot of difficulty and challenges yeah, through the yeah. years. Well, thank you for sharing that. Tell me a little bit about your maybe take me through your grade school years to high school. Would there be any, did you pray at home at all, or was there any? Uh, we uh, prayed more formal prayers at home, uh, grace before meals and those things. Uh, I, I do remember my mother uh, having uh, some sort of a prayer corner where mm. she would, uh, get up before the rest of us would get up and be at prayer. I remember seeing her there. So uh, that was a, uh, a strong memory that I have. Uh, but in terms of um, other prayer experiences, we really didn't have that much as I was a kid growing up. Maybe okay. mm -hmm. we did pray the rosary occasionally. Um, or liturgically, Praying together as a family, we we went to church as a family and and um, prayed together there more formally liturgically. Yeah, but um, not too much at home. Mm -hmm. 
It's beautiful. I think it's a beautiful witness, though, of your mother having that prayer. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, it's so important that we have a place to go to pray. As a church, obviously, we have the church where we go to pray communally, and and it's a good place to go by yourself too to pray, mm-hmm. either to pray before the Blessed Sacrament if your yes. if your church has adoration, but you can also create a, a prayer corner or a prayer yes, room at yes. your house. Yeah, that's exactly what she had. Yeah, and and. Um, it's just a place to go to so that, you know, 90% of prayer is just being there. So if you can just get to your prayer corner or your prayer yeah. prayer room, um, mm-hmm. God will do the rest. Yes, yes. I think of the example of my father, too, Father Mike. Uh, he was a man of few words, like St. Joseph. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I remember going past their bedroom, and he would be down on his knees praying his night prayers. You know, mm-hmm. you know uh, that spoke a million words to me. Or when he would pass a crucifix, he would uh, touch the crucifix with his hand and then touch his heart. Mm. That kind of witness influenced my prayer life, you yeah, know, yeah, and yeah. Uh, those types of memories that went deep into my soul. Good. Thank you. And then how, how about as he grew older? Take us through like the high school years. or. Yeah. Um, well, um, I, uh, I, I must say that in those days, it was not unusual for um, a young man to enter the seminary. So I entered uh, when I was 14. You went right after grade school y- yes, into after high school grade seminary. Yes, okay. high school seminary. And uh, I was there two and a half years mm-hmm. and left, which was a good thing for me in terms of my discernment, and had a ordinary high school experience. I did not know that, yeah, really. Yes, okay. Right, yeah. Yeah, and went, and then reentered when I was uh, eighteen after I graduated from high school. Okay, well, tell so, us about your learning. Did you learn how to pray when you went into the seminary the first time, or more when you got out of it? What was it like? I I, I think you know that was so much a part of my formation mm-hmm. in terms of our schedule, uh, rising early in the morning, uh, having um, time for meditation and then mass, and then midday having uh, examination of conscience, mm. um, in the evening, evening prayer, vespers, and then night prayer. It was an integrated part of, of my life. Uh, also going into the chapel and in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament for private prayer and adoration was, was such a normal part of my formation yeah. uh, in those early years as, as a teenager. And that was what seminary? That was, that would have been uh, St. Gregory Seminary in Cincinnati, or yeah, in, in actually Mount Washington, but in Cincinnati. Okay, yeah. yeah, thank you. Again, it was not unusual. There was another boy from our school that also entered with me. But I, I think in terms of my maturity, uh, I think the best thing I did was leave mm-hmm. and gave me a better perspective on um, my my discerning or God's call for me, and and, and that that call still remained even after I would say uh, a normal high school experience, dating, mm-hmm. going to proms, football games, and having a lot of fun in high school was on the track team. It was pretty small, in the and and uh, couldn't make the baseball team or football, but I. Was a good runner. I was on the on, was on the uh, the track team and the sprinter. 
father has a lot of great stories. Of he really was a normal um, high schooler, I, w- I would say. Yeah. So maybe in yeah. another podcast we can hear about the uh, the life of Father yeah. Shabula. <laughs> <laughs> great guy. Um, so would you say that your nuns and priests who who were your nuns in grade school? Uh, they were the Humility of Mary sisters mm-hmm. from um, Pennsylvania and uh, the Villa uh, Marie, and then also the Sisters of St. Joseph from Rocky River. Okay. And, um, and then I was um, in high school. These would have been the, um, the DeSalle brothers. Oh, so you went yeah. to Catholic high school. Yeah, I went to Catholic after, high school. Okay. Yeah, in Central Catholic High School in Canton, Ohio, in those days was um, uh, co-institutional, the brothers taught the boys on one side, and the blue nuns, the girls, oh, on the wow. other side. Yeah. And so you were just living and breathing the faith. I, 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 I was. And um, again, I don't want to canonize myself because, I, you know, I did a lot of things I'm not too proud of. And um, thank God for his mercy. But I must say, these brothers had a strong influence on me in terms of their masculinity, mm. but their deep faith and convictions, and um, I remember especially uh, Brother Declan Joseph that had a lot of influence on me as I went to him for some spiritual direction and oversight, you know, uh, had uh, a, a lot of good, um, a lot of good insight, and again, I think, Father Mike, in terms of his presence to me, uh, it was a fatherly presence. Mm. I saw within him a gentle heart, but a man, yeah. you know, a real man that to me had an influence on, in terms of my own masculine development, mm-hmm. what it means to be a man and a man of faith. Uh, you can be both. Yeah, not right, right, exclusive, right. Exclusive, yeah. you know. So they had a strong influence on me. Father Fannin, who was the chaplain at Central Catholic, um, also was another great influence uh, in terms of encouraging me. It's just hard to believe now, Father Mike, but he gave me uh, Tanqueray's book, uh, The Spiritual Life. Okay. I mean, this this is not for bedtime reading. And, <laughs> and so that had an influence on me in, in initiating me into the three ways. Oh, yeah. In terms of spiritual growth. The purgative, illuminative, unitive. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. I didn't fully understand it, you know, and but uh, I, I read most of it, you know, as a high school student. Mm. And uh, he, he gave me this as a resource. And uh, But I, I, I must say it was very difficult. But it introduced me to a deeper... Uh, spiritual awareness and, and um, phases and understanding of what this is in terms of the three ways and right. how they interact and connect and, and um, flow in and out, you know. Yeah, and if you're interested more, I'll, I'll put a link in there of the three ways as well as the book that Father Sibula is yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, Tanqueray was a, was a big, popular work. It's a huge tome. It's like 800 pages, mm-hmm. you know. But it was very popular in those days, Father Adolf Tanqueray, um, and um, many of the seminarians, people that were looking for spiritual growth and um, searching, that was a popular book in, mm-hmm. in those days. 
So then take us through that transition. Did you go to seminary then at college or? Uh, I Yes, I, I re-entered mm-hmm. a- after uh, high school. Okay. And, uh, and how did you feel? How did God communicate or yeah. invite you again you to? You know, I, I, I was searching, you know, and I, uh, through my senior year in high school, and I uh, had some contacts with uh, Father Fannin in, in terms of um, my need for some personal counseling and issues that I was dealing with, mm-hmm. um, not necessarily associated with the priesthood. But I remember um, hearing over the PA system that if there's any um, boys that are interested in pursuing the priesthood or would like to discuss it mm-hmm. more, uh, other family would be available at such and such a time after school. Nice. So I, I, I responded, you know, to to that. Invitation. So you got a call literally over yeah, the PA yeah, system. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, I kind of wonder what if I didn't hear that. Call? Yeah. Because I was searching, you know, I mm-hmm. I, I didn't know what, I, what, what my life would be, you know, but I distinctly remember hearing over the PA system this invitation. That's Talk wonderful. Hey, Lord, speak, Lord, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, and then to have a priest walk with you y- yes. in that discernment. Oh, oh that was so helpful, um, Father Mike. Yes, it was. Um, again, that, that fatherly presence. In fact, Monsignor, or Father Fan in those days, had his own apartment in the school itself. Mm. So you would walk past his apartment every day, and the door was mostly open. Yeah, yeah. That's and, great. Yeah, I mean, I was just tremendously blessed in terms of how God was involved in my life, mm-hmm. and and uh, didn't appreciate it. And sometimes I wondered, do I still really enough appreciate it enough? Mm-hmm. How blessed I have been through my years here uh, in this world of ours. So, if you're listening to this podcast now and you've ever thought about priesthood, maybe right now this is God speaking to yeah, you. Yes. Find yeah. a priest. Find yeah. a priest that you trust. Um, certainly yeah. F- Father yeah. Sabula and I are here at Walsh, um, but wherever you are in the world, um, find a priest to help guide you through yeah. that and walk you through it. That's a, a wonderful opportunity for us priests. We love the opportunity to help yeah. yeah. uh, kind of give back to the gift that we've been given of priesthood. Yeah, yeah, that's, that, that's so good. Uh, in fact, my coming to Walsh, one of the incentives that I had in coming here was my experience with the brothers mm. uh, because it was so good and, pro- and positive. Mm-hmm. And then the opportunity to pay back in some way of coming to Walsh University. I know it's served by a different uh, congregation of, of brothers mm-hmm. than the ones that taught me, but there was that that sense I, I could in some way pay back. Oh, that's in, beautiful, yeah. In terms yeah. of what I could offer the university or these brothers here mm. as, a, as a priest. Yeah, so talk about going back to the seminary now. You're a little bit more mature, maybe. What was yeah. it like? Uh, how did your prayer life develop while you were in the um, major seminary? I think one impact of that was uh, the retreat. Mm. That that was a regular part of uh, our formation where and, and and also the silence. I mean, it was pretty strict silence, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I'm thinking, even, gosh, I, I don't think we ate even at meals, you know, in in those days. So uh, the retreat experience, um, the uh, uh, priests that would come to direct the retreat, uh, certainly was a strong influence on my spiritual development. Uh, the quiet, the silence. Um, Contemplation, I think I started to come more 
appreciative of uh, through the silence. Thomas Merton was a tremendous influence on me in those days. Um, and um, uh, also, one Sunday a month, I believe, was a day of recollection and, and silence where we were kind of on our own to do some uh, specific uh, attention in regard to our spiritual life, whether it would be private prayer, scripture reading, um, uh, doing some sort of spiritual reading as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, those uh, exercises or activities that we had, especially the retreat and um, uh, the, uh, the monthly day of recollection. Yeah. Silence was a was a great influence on me, and it, it's so important for all of us that we have that we spend some time in silence. Really, a, a big reason that I do the work that I do with the Prodigal Father is, I just feel so blessed as priests that we had the ability to have this kind of formation that we got to do retreats every year, and we had a spiritual directors and yes, learned yeah. how to pray and how to be in yeah. silence. And not a, not everybody has those experiences, so. The, the tools that I'm hoping to share are, are for all of you just to, to have the opportunity to, to grow into this wonderful life of prayer. What would you say, how would your prayer life um, develop as you become ordained? Um, in regard to my um, ordination, um, I uh, recall back then dealing with uh, some difficult situations. My um, mother died before I was ordained. Um, she suffered from cancer. And I remember going through uh, some crisis of faith in regard to that. Um, uh, she really suffered. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> I was so disappointed that she couldn't uh, be there for my first mass and all that celebration. Mm -hmm. You know, So uh, my, um, um, I think there's sort of a testing, a refinement going on. Talk about purgation. Um, and then I think as I reflect now, just right now, in terms of the fact that I had to make an act of faith in Jesus as a seven-year-old. Mm -hmm. I had to continue to make a conscious act of faith in the Father and of, of asking for some healing. I felt sorry for myself in terms of losing my mother. We, we look forward to planning my ordination, mm -hmm. first mass, and so forth. That never happened. And uh, I remember feeling somewhat resentful and especially jealous as well mm -hmm. as the other men yeah, yeah. that had their families with them. So my faith was tested, and the example of my mother and the faith that she had, the courage that she had, has remained with me uh, for the rest of my life, mm. again, dealing with certain challenges that I've had. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if I would have been able to meet them as well, uh, but my, my faith was tested, purified, and made stronger through those initial experiences of my ordination and had a very difficult first assignment. Hmm. Um, the pastor had difficulties of his own with Vatican II and was very 
negative in, in the, um, in, in, there was a negative uh, environment in, in, in the rectory itself. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but that taught me uh, the sense of persevering and um, of uh, praying for the grace to get through this and the courage to then to ask um, Bishop Malone for a change of mm -hmm. assignment uh, because um, I, 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 I can't endure this any longer. Mm. And feeling somewhat like a failure. Yeah, in terms, right, right. We all have that. assignment. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be like your honeymoon. Right. Oh, my gosh. I, how am I going to get through this? Well, prayer got me through it, mm. praying for perseverance and endurance. Mm. For two long years, it seemed like 200 years, you know. And, um, and so I appealed to the bishop for a change of assignment, and uh, was transferred to uh, another parish, uh, St. Mary's in Maslin, where there was a total different atmosphere in the rectory. An older priest, Father Lobby, God rest his mm -hmm. soul, and a wonderful uh, community of other priests there. We had four priests wow, yeah. in, in the rectory, and it was, a, it was a very nurturing, good, happy, uh, bright uh, oh, thank God. climate at mm -hmm. that rectory. And um, it, it gave me some reprieve in, in terms of um, seeing a future in the priesthood and regenerated me mm. and renewed my vocation. Uh, another impact was my experience with Crisillo. Oh, yeah. Tell us about at, that. At, for at for those that don't know, what is Crisillo? Uh, it is a uh, weekend experience called a little school in, in Christianity where um, people come together in a uh, really a strong uh, community uh, experience. And uh, one of the unique things about that was uh, the talks that were given that were not just um, abstract, mm -hmm. you know, talking about the spiritual life, talking about the three ways. But this was something new back then. My gosh, it was actually witnessing mm. their, that personal witness to the context of what they were saying had a tremendous influence on me and the experience of the Lord in community I had never experienced before within the Christian community mm. itself. And the, the songs, uh, the, the, uh, the sense of, of a strong community, um, sharing meals together, uh, fellowship, that was a unique experience that I'd never had before. Mm. And, and also uh, the in the relationship that I had with lay people, where I felt affirmed as a priest, uh, uh, feeling wanted there, mm. and having something to offer in terms of um, my uh, understanding of the spiritual life, but tempered by a personal, all these personal witnesses that I think helped me to become more integrated in my own spirituality rather than simply notional mm -hmm. thinking about, you know, how are these realities affecting me in terms of the actual witnessing, experiencing them in my, my real life. Yeah, yeah. So it gave me a lot of food for thought. And I had stayed involved in Curcio for many, many years. And um, uh, a real help to my spiritual maturity, I think in terms of moving from the head down into the heart and integrating what I'm saying, not just simply giving 
a nice talk about nice ideas, mm -hmm. that the experience of Curcio taught me the importance of witnessing and asking questions, how does this affect my real life, mm -hmm. you know, which I had not done before. I think m most of my um, formation in the seminary would have been more intellectual. We, we didn't have much witnessing. Yeah, you know? right, right, right. This was private. You never did that, mm -hmm. you know. And so this kind of, uh, ex you know, stretched me, you know. But uh, it was a turning point in, in, in my priesthood. And uh, again, I see the father, Father Dink, uh, and Father Lavi. Mm. Um, he had a fatherly presence. He had his own difficulties with the, the Vatican Council, but he accepted them. And there was such a bright, sunny disposition about mm -hmm. him. And uh, uh, that I, I saw within him a future in the priesthood. Could I be like him 40 years from now? Yeah, yeah. With that glint in his eye and, the, and his smile and laughter. God was revealing his face to me mm. through this older priest. That, that, um, and, and even to this day, every time I go uh, past uh, St. Mary's, I... Uh, Think of him and uh, my experience there because uh, it changed my life. Yeah. Mm. It really did. Um, and uh, here we are, you know, that was in uh, 1970. And uh, by the grace of God, here I am, you know, some all these years later. I don't know if I would have been, mm -hmm. you know, if. Um, I hadn't made it through those two years after ordination and had the courage to ask for a change of assignment. But um, experiencing that whole, those years when I was at St. Mary's really changed my life. Tell us about that. How did it change your life? Well, I, I think because I, I had come from two years where everything was negative. And, and here at um, St. Mary's, we shared meals together. We laughed mm. together. Um, Father Lobby taught me not to take life too seriously, and he joked, um, good laughter, a good sense of, of community among us mm -hmm. priests there, you know. And um, again, a uh, very active parish. Uh, I, I saw him being a father. Mm -hmm. He was made a monsignor, but he never used the word monsignor. He liked to be called father. Mm. They, Beautiful. They, 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 this is Father Lobby, you know, and he against my senior, mm -hmm. you know, no, not Father Lobby, and uh, had such a wonderful fatherly presence. So that, you know, helped change me, and um, again, Curcio, and involvement with a, a lot of good lay people, um, and um, um, uh, I, I think um, the experience of, of Jesus in community I had a great awareness uh, sacramentally mm -hmm. as far as Holy Communion and adoration, but being open to the presence of Christ within a community, Curcio and otherwise, um, was what was open to me, this new vista of experiencing Christ in uh, one another. Yeah, yeah, and that's so important for us as priests, you know, that... Um the people I myself have just been blessed to know and be loved 
by the people of God. Yeah, yes. Um, that there's a reciprocity there. You yeah, know, you, yeah. you love them and you give yourself to them as father, but also find that love and support. And actually, oftentimes we're edified by them, by their by their prayer life yeah, or by yeah. their faithfulness through difficult times. Yeah, that's that's what the impact that Curcio had on me is these men and women shared their stories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you've never made a retreat before or, uh, you know, Curcio or Christ Renews' Parish or a search... Um, or a tech, I just invite you. They're, they're really are, they are wonderful ways to experience love through the body of Christ, through, through yeah. the church, yeah. as Father Sibula was explaining. As an example, the impact of Curcio, I, I wore uh, the cross that we're given, the Curcio cross, I, uh, and I had worn it continuously from 1972 to this year, and I lost it. Oh, no. I lost it. I, I, I lost this crucifix. St. Anthony, help yeah, us. Yes, and I, I looked everywhere, and so begrudgingly, I ordered another one. You can you can get them. Uh-huh. And so that's what I have on So now. you've worn that the whole time? Yes, I have, since 1972. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Because of the impact that, that Curcio had on me. Mm. And uh, thank God, it reminds me every day the grace of God. Yeah, so just know, too, as a person, we, um, in the spiritual life, we talk a little bit about via negativa and via positiva. Sometimes God works through the negative, you know, so even during the difficulties of your first assignment, you mentioned it, it might have just caused you to, to persevere and, and to really have yeah. that. Yes, right. I, and and I, I don't think I would have had the strength to endure whatever else I had to endure mm-hmm. if I hadn't been formed via negativa mm-hmm. through my very difficult experience. Yeah. That that really strengthened me. I didn't know it at the time. Mm-hmm. This was awful. You know? Right, right, right. And um, But I really positive, I mean, I can say that for sure. I, I was a stronger man yeah. through that adversity than I think if I had had a honeymoon experience, you know. Early on. Early mm-hmm. on. I don't think I would have been as strong mm-hmm. to endure Everything. What I had to face. Yeah. There were some real challenges. And I think that's true for all of us in life, whether you're a student going through and going through a difficult time, or maybe you just got married and it's not the honeymoon that you had hoped yeah. for. That yeah. doesn't mean yeah. that doesn't yeah. mean there won't be good, you know, yeah. down the yeah. line. Yeah. Um, for all of us, sometimes we just have to go through those via negativa experiences. And there will be the positiva. There will be yeah. the, the yeah. positive life-giving yeah. of, of I think in terms of what we talked about, you know, with uh, discerning spirits, like mm-hmm. with these young men discerning priesthood, desolation and, and consolation, you know. I didn't know it at the time, but I think, you know, mm-hmm. when you're in desolation, don't give up your spiritual practices, even yes. though I was tempted to, yeah. you know, in this desert, you know. But I did persevere in prayer, celebrating the sacraments, trying to be faithful to my commitment to priesthood and relationships and so forth. Yeah, one of St. Ignatius's rules is um, when we're experiencing desolation, uh, not only to not give up, but to almost like recommit yourself and maybe even do a little bit more. You know, so if you make a holy hour and you're tempted to, to get out of it early, just make a, a holy hour in a minute, you know, just to like kind of put yeah. the enemy yeah. in his place. And yeah. Yeah. Father Sibula was doing that implicitly yeah, without maybe even knowing. Oh, he no, was I doing didn't it. know. I wasn't sophisticated like this. Yeah, you know, so he... You know, it's just great to see how the Holy Spirit does does work in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After that, um, what was it like to transition now into this time of retirement in terms of your prayer yeah, life? Yes, yeah. 
You know, Father Mike, I think um, as I reflect back on that, uh, my, um, my assignments throughout the years of my priesthood were um, easy in the sense of discerning God's call or will for me uh, because they were in response to uh, the bishop and the, mm -hmm. and the diocese. Um, I uh, see the will of God in uh, the in the bishop in, in terms yeah, of yeah. Father. We'd like you to take this assignment, you know, um, and the, all those changes that took place. Ha however, uh, as I approached retirement, um, uh, that wasn't true. Um, I I felt that um, I had been at at uh, this parish, uh, St. Barbara's in Mass for 20 years and um, had um, uh, reached the age of 71. And I felt that I had done all that I could, was becoming somewhat um, burned out, I guess, mm -hmm. after uh, a lot of major building projects and fundraising. And so I felt it's time to move on, but it was so difficult in terms of is this what God wants? Mm. So I had to go through a lot of soul searching at the age of 71. And I guess I was anticipating becoming a senior associate in a Perry setting for different reasons. That didn't work out. And, um, and then uh, this opportunity opened up here at uh, Walsh uh, University to help serve as an uh, um, interim or helper to the chaplain. And um, I um, accepted it, and um, uh, my first months here felt uh, like I was in some sort of uh, limbo or um, twilight zone mm -hmm. in the sense of, oh, my God, what have I done? You know, it's not like, Tom, you're going to go back. It's you're on vacation. <laughs> mm -hmm. There's no turning back. That realization started to sink in, you know. And the first few months here, there wasn't much going on at Walsh University. What did I get myself into? I felt like uh, a bouncing ball, mm -hmm. losing my identity in the sense of my wife, you yeah, know, yeah. St. Barbara. Right, right, right. You know, and so there was a whole crisis of identity and... Um, did I make the right decision? What am I to do here, you know, especially the first three or four months? Uh, but I think in terms of uh, accepting uh, God's call through a lot of ambiguity, I think I came to realize more what faith is in terms of Abraham, mm. going and not knowing, but mm -hmm. trusting. And so the impact that it had on me was uh, a greater trust in the Father. Mm. Uh, I, I don't know how this is going to work out. I've never been on a college campus in my life, you know, with a lot of fear and anxiety. But Father, I trust in you. And started to pray more deeply Charles David Cole's prayer of a complete surrender to the Father. Yeah, which is a beautiful. And so the, the impact that this change has had here in my retirement is is working through the ambiguity and realizing truly what faith is in, in terms of what I was experiencing through the ambiguity 
of my own life, but yet trusting as Abraham did in, in God. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and gradually then this has evolved and, and uh, I, I got through this and I'm feeling more comfortable and seeing more defined role that I have here. Mm -hmm. But I, I think it helped me to realize what faith is in terms of my own personal experience. I, I know when I reflected on my first communion, it was more, I, I believe that Jesus is present here, but here in these later years, it's affecting me more personally in terms of my life and future that I came to realize we walk by faith. Yeah. Father, I trust in you. And he has uh, provided a path for me. Beautiful. So, well, this growing in prayer life uh, never stops, right? No, no it doesn't. No, mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. What advice would you give to our listeners as we come to a conclusion of yeah. our time together? Say that they're going through a difficult time or they want to grow in prayer or they're, they're just um, they're struggling. What advice would you give them? I think uh, to um, try to avail themselves of a competent uh, uh, director or a a person that is more wise in, in the spiritual life, because mm -hmm. that's had been my experience to help me guide, to help guide me through these difficulties. And um, the, the importance of um, faith and um, of not, um, not giving in to um, your, uh, your uh, feelings of abandonment. Mm -hmm. That I, I personally say, Father, I trust in you, uh, and God will lead you through that darkness. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, if certainly, uh, I know that's not always possible, but but to consult uh, someone that knows what they're what they're saying and and is competent and wise, mm -hmm. an older person that has gone through these experiences, they have some sort of a guide or a mentor is so important. And um, St. Teresa of Avila would say that to seek a, and she terms it that, a wise spiritual guide. Yeah. So it yeah. doesn't necessarily have to be a priest or a spiritual no, director, no. but somebody that is wise in the spiritual life. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I just had some very, some wonderful priests in my life and brothers, so, uh, and in addition to my parents, but, um, um, and the importance of faith. You know, we walk by faith and not by sight. Um, persevering in prayer. Amen. Mm -hmm. Well, what I'd like to do is actually have you close with prayer. And if you'd like, I, I have the, um, the Charles de Foucault prayer. So maybe if you could say this prayer and then give us your blessing. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. Whatever you may do, I thank you. I am ready for all. I accept all. Let only your will be done in me and in all your creatures. I wish no more than this, O Lord. Into your hands I commend my soul. I offer to you with all the love of my heart. For I love you, Lord, and so need to give myself 
to surrender myself into your hands without reserve and with boundless confidence, for you are my Father. Father, we come before you in, in Jesus' name. We call you Abba, Father, in the spirit of Jesus. Continue to bless Father Mike and all those involved with him in this wonderful podcast ministry that he has. And fill us, Father, with your love, grace, and peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Sabula. It's just a, a wonderful it, pleasure to be here with you. It's been great for me, too, doing this reflection. Good. You know? yeah, yeah. So thank you for providing this opportunity. Okay. It's been a, a great experience, Mike. God bless all our listeners, too, and tune in for more Praying with Priests.